Hi, this is Mar from Pods Like Us. I'd just like to apologise to everybody for the really bad sound quality on my microphone for this episode that you're going to listen to now, hopefully. It's a great chat with Mac, but it's let down by my really bad distorted audio from a microphone that was giving me some trouble, but I didn't know that until after listening to the episode afterwards. I have started to re-record the dialogue, but I only got so far through, and because of running out of time to put the episode out, um, I've not been able to finish it all off. So I'm putting it out as is, and we'll put out a version or replace it with a clean feed version where I've just basically overdubbed myself. Please enjoy the episode, and I do apologise for this. Take care. Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I am joined by Mac Jackson from MacGyver SG1. Hey Mac, thanks for speaking with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, the uh, MacGyver SG1 audio series. The ongoing uh, new adventures, basically. Of MacGyver and the SG1 team. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's <laughs> It's basically combining both worlds. Which is a fascinating thing, um, because I heard the original pitch, and then I've listened to a few more episodes, few of the first episodes since we spoke the other day. As you know, I mean, I've been trying to get to listening to your show, but everybody knows I listen to that many shows. I do get round to them. It's just, you know, and I'm I'm glad that I have really because it's it's an interesting take as well. Um, Thank you. Are we allowed? Are we allowed to give away the uh, the big um, the big? You know. Well, I, I, I let me let me give everybody the premise, and that way, you know, they know what they're getting into. Okay. So the basic idea of MacGyver SG One is that Jack O'Neill from Stargate SG One, after a particular episode, because I had to pick a starting point, uh, finds out that he has a brother that he didn't know about uh and it turns out to be macgyver and so there's there's your uh the the basic idea is to give new adventures to both shows i i'm i'm not rewriting anything that's already been established i'm not um you know i don't want to traipse on anybody's work like there's you know fanfic you can kind of do whatever you want because Fanfic is a lot of times writers giving the stories that they wanted. Like they didn't like the way an episode was. So a lot of times they'll change something. Well, I don't want to change anything. These are, these are my favorite shows. I, as I would watch Stargate, you know, Richard Dean Anderson's my idol. So I, I adore him and all his iconic characters. And, you know, I would watch Stargate and go, I can see how MacGyver would fit in this. They haven't mentioned him much. They do actually mention MacGyver in the pilot, 
And then on Stargate Atlantis, they they uh, mentioned him. And I thought, you know what? Now that the show's over, I I could do this. This this MacGyver fits in perfectly. And since it's been years, you kind of want to know what's going on with MacGyver. So I thought if I can do these episodes where they don't clash with what we know, why not? Why not? You know, from what I've heard in the first few episodes, they seem to work really well, even though in these first few, you've got the, you know, the taking the mickey out of MacGyver's name a couple of times. And, you know, there's that almost brotherly humor there, even though they've not accepted it in a sense, although they have in another sense, you've got that already there. The sort of like the back and forth uh, repartee straight away. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's part of the fun. The the thing about MacGyver and Jack O'Neill is they were basically formed around Richard Dean Anderson. Uh, On both shows, the writers and producers went, you know what? Rick is Rick is great and he's pretty inspirational as a human being. Why would we not form these characters around this wonderful person? And so. There are things where MacGyver and Jack O'Neill overlap, where they're going to like certain things. They like the outdoors. They like ice hockey, um, you know, fishing. That's that's a big deal. You're you're, you're not caught up yet, but there's going to be fishing going on. Um, and, you know, at the same time, as great as that is, they're brothers and they're not comfortable with each other, you know, because there's also things where they don't match. And that's just as fascinating uh, from a character standpoint as when they get along. So it's realistic, basically. My my idea is that, you know, just like with any sibling, there's going to be stuff you're going to bond over. But then, you know, there's always going to be certain personality traits that they're not going to necessarily agree on. And and the navigating between the two of their um, perspectives is really intriguing and and really you know that that keeps going that's not something that you can wrap up in a storyline and go oh okay everything is you know marshmallows and ice cream now like no it's a relationship as as somebody who has three brothers i know exactly how that feels i I understand (laughs) that completely right it's 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 like um you know uh, you love them but you don't always like them, right? Like you said, you don't always agree with each other, but you've got each other's backs. Yeah. So it's interesting because you've come from it from an angle where you were already doing a show that that was um, that was about MacGyver anyway. You were doing a MacGyver show or Richard Dean Anderson show anyway, and then from there you come to you. you suddenly came up with this idea of doing this audio book from what I hear from the initial pilot that you're on about. Yeah. Well, all right. I'll tell you, (laughs) it's interesting how that came about because I had already, I I had fallen in backwards to doing two podcasts that were not necessarily my idea. Um, On the MacGyver online forum, somebody had mentioned you know, I'd like to do a MacGyver podcast, but I don't know 
enough. Is anybody willing to, and I raised my hand like, yeah, I'm right here. And I kind of kicked myself because this is back when podcasts weren't everywhere. This is early days of podcasting. So I started doing it with him and I was just going to be the, um, the information guy. Like, you know, I'm, I, not to step on anybody, but I know my stuff. And I, I thought, all right, well, that, that's fine. And then a buddy of mine heard it and went, you know what, do you want to do a podcast with me? I think I'd like to do one about like pop culture and the things that matter and the things that never get old. So I started a podcast with him called the never gets old podcast. So now I have the MacGyver podcast that never gets old podcast. Well, after a couple episodes, both of the, my co-hosts split me. They got busy. They didn't, you know, if you're going to do this, you have to be passionate about it. You got to keep up. You got to, you know, make sure people always know that you're working on the next episode. Well, if they're not into it, then all right. See ya. And now I keep going. So now I now I have both podcasts and, you know, that that's fine. But I'm a writer and I've acted and I always have that itch. And I thought, you know, there's three things that got me doing this audio series. The first was I've always been a writer and always trying to be creative and add to the world in a positive way. And, you know, I would for years, I would uh, submit stuff to like comic book uh, companies, DC, Marvel, whoever, and book companies like you want a novel? I, I have a novel, you know, ideas. And it wasn't that I got rejected. It was that nobody bothered to even consider reading them. And, you know, people complain about, oh, you know, so so many rejections. But I expected rejection because then I thought, well, that's par for the course. If you submit something, it may not be for everybody. Maybe your writing isn't where it should be, but you would get something. But I'll tell you what's worse than rejection. Having nobody care to even read it. I had one company come, right? I had one company come to me and say, I love what you, I love the idea of what you're doing. If you could submit a couple chapters and a summary of what it's about and where, you know, I was like, listen, I'm far beyond that here. Here's what I have. And they approached me and then never bothered to read it. Like I, you know, I reached out and said, um, not to be a pest, but what do you think? And like, yeah, we didn't get to read it yet. And then I just never heard from them. So I got, I thought, wait a minute. I'm kind of sick of asking for permission to be creative. I I, I have the itching bug uh, of acting that I want to do because I used to act and do plays and a lot of that. And But I wasn't going to move to New York. I wasn't going to move to L.A. Uh, but yet, you know, it's in you. Uh, I'm already a singer songwriter. That's a thing I do. And just constantly so many irons in the fire. But I also, I want my writing. I I want my writing to be enjoyed. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. There's audio series. People do audio. I can do that. So that was the one side of it. The second thing was do you remember in 2016 the god awful let's forget about it after I mention it reboot of MacGyver? Thankfully no. 
Good. I don't. Avoid it like a plague. Um, this show was MacGyver in name only. It had nothing to do with MacGyver. The MacGyverisms didn't work. Uh, he was a smug, arrogant. The writing was terrible. It was as far from MacGyver as you can possibly be. Well, I have to review it because I do the MacGyver podcast. So I had to watch yeah. every God awful episode. And, you know, I'm of the, the mindset that if I'm going to sit there and complain, I don't want to be th that guy. I don't want to be the guy on the internet that poo poos everything. I, I want it to be a, a well thought out conversation. And the other part of me goes, all right, because you can just not watch it. But in my case, I had to watch it. So I thought, if you don't like something, what are you doing to make it better? Right? Yeah. If you don't like something, let's contribute to the positive. Well, ooh, let me give people an alternative and I'll do this audio series. And then the third thing was I so badly miss new episodes of MacGyver and new episodes of Stargate. So yeah. this, and I know I'm not alone. I mean, there's, you know, the world over, Stargate is the third most searched um, sci-fi series searched on Google. It's Star Trek, Star Wars, and Stargate. And the show hasn't been on, but yet people love it. So I thought, all right, I could do this. And I want to do this. And I know the characters inside and out. I can do voices. Um, I I'm, have a lot in common with Richard Dean Anderson as far as our personality and our way of speaking and, you know, the, the sarcastic humor. So darn it, that I'm doing it. And because it's free, it's basically glorified fanfic. You know, it's a lot of work that goes into this fanfic. I, I could have just written it and put it on a website and said, read it. But why not give more? Why not do more? You know, that way you're, like you said, you just started listening to it and you enjoy it. And, and you know, that's worth it right there. I'm hopefully in adding to somebody's happiness. What you've done essentially is um, even, well, not exactly the same, but slightly almost similar to what originally the SG-1 series was in a way, because, you know, it's like you look at the original film with its flaws and with its pluses, because, you know, it's got both. But I'm a huge fan of the original film as well as the series. I will put that out there. But in essence... The people who took the who took it to a television series went in a place where it's strange because it's like Devlin and Emmerich had this germ of an incredible idea, but it, it just didn't. It just needed these other people to take that germ of an idea, right, and make it into what became SG One, and then the whole franchise from were there with Atlantis and everywhere else that he went to from there. And, you know, so you essentially have taken what's there with the the SG-1 universe and beyond and just expanded on that, essentially, uh -huh. and added in this, this extra incredible 
bit to it. It's almost like classic comic strips or comic episodes where you'll see somebody in a in a comic book and suddenly this character will come from left field from the comic and you think, hold on, where did they come from? But it fits. And it's the same with this, that it fits having these two together. They work well together. Right. Because, I mean, if you think about Jack O'Neill, and actually yeah. if you think about the whole team, other than when they're on adventures, you don't see a lot of their personal life. And, you know, there, there are series that did that, like CSI. I always loved Gil Grissom. But you yeah. very rarely got into the guts of their personal life. And that would drive me nuts because if you love these characters, well, I want to know everything. When they would show inside Jack's house or the cabin, well, I would look at every corner. And because every little nugget is a new aspect of their personality. So it's so open. As long as you don't traipse on what's established, have fun with it. You know, I mean, don't, you can't, Here, here's my thought on the writing. Because they're established, these are characters that are already out there, I can say this. And if they had all been my own creation, I wouldn't be able to say this without sounding pretentious. But when I'm writing, I think of us, you know, where are they in the beginning of the story? Where do I want them to go? And then I just listen to the characters, like the dialogue that you're listening to back and forth between them. That just flows. Like I know at this point, you know, okay, Jack is going to make a sarcastic comment and then Daniel might say something, you know, Oh, we haven't heard from Sam lately. She might, you know, but again, now you have MacGyver and you know, when you know these characters so well, they write themselves to an extent. I, I honest yeah. to God, I'll sit there and, and and start typing and go, all right, I'm just going to write maybe for five minutes. But no, then you get going. You're like, oh, they're having this conversation that I didn't expect them to have, but it needs to keep going because this is natural, you know, and then you could feel where you would do a, uh, um, a cut to a new scene or basically it would be like a commercial break if it were the show. But you just let them talk. You 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 let their reactions be whatever they're going to be. And there are times where this, the episode goes in a different direction than I planned. And that's, you know, that's the joy. I mean, you know, if you're, I, I do have original characters added. Uh, like, you know, at this point, MacGyver's married. Um, he should be, you know, he shouldn't be by himself. Uh, besides having his son, he has a daughter, which was established in the car commercial. It's like a 10 minute, you can watch it on YouTube. There's a 10 minute car commercial Richard Dean Anderson did as MacGyver a couple of years ago. And it's him and his daughter. Okay. Accepted. And so it gives some progress to who MacGyver is back when MacGyver was on, they wouldn't allow him to keep a girlfriend because the women didn't want to see him tied down. Well, this many years later, you know, he needs he let him be happy. Let him have the relationship. So and through this series, I get to explore that and I get to explore it through Jack's eyes because I have him as in an episode that you haven't gotten to yet is 
after he had basically just met his brother, MacGyver will meet his wife, who's the woman who will be his wife. Um, you know, let's let's let that happen. Let it as long as it doesn't wreck anything from before, there's nothing wrong with adding on. And so with her, it's all me. It's in, you know, what I think that she would say. But for MacGyver and Jack, just I just listen. That's ba- I'm just typing what they're saying. It's so much fun. Well, I don't mean to keep skipping over the MacGyver thing because he's no, no, the main, no. he's a main character in it. We got but time. The thing is, with with the ensemble that you've got in the characters of the SG One world, mm-hmm. the greatest thing about it is that it works like like you've already mentioned, you know, with the Star Trek and the Star Wars. All the greatest shows, to my mind, you have these specific characters in there that are so filled out with character that you can recognize, you know, there's, there's the famous, you know, when you go to Star Trek, for instance, where you've got Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and you've got the heart, soul, and, and mind, or whatever, and they're the different sides of it, or whatever. You, That's why these sort of shows work. It's because you gravitate towards these people and you see how their minds work individually and how when they work together as a team how all of these different parts combine to make it work essentially that's that's how these greatest shows in my mind work and how the greatest characters in television shows for sure big franchises how they work well, and that's the thing. I, you know, you could take the four. You, I'll just limit it to the four Star Stargate guys. Yep. If you put them in any scenario, whether it's Stargate or you know they work at a fire station or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's it's those characters are so well done and so natural with each other. And you know, I I went into it knowing that I loved Richard Dean Anderson and I was going to watch it yep. because of him. But as you watch it, you go, oh, everybody else is also excellent. Like, I love all the characters that are, I love Daniel and Sam. And, you know, yep. I, they they all give something. And, and the trick to writing them is to not do a caricature. Because yep. as you know, any classic character, it's very easy to do like a goofball. Well, we have to hit the, the cliche comments, you know, we have to say live long and prosper for Spock and, you know, uh-huh, and do this thing with, you know, the the, the yeah. hand gesture with Spock. Okay, that's easy. Yeah, we're all extreme for that one. Exactly, right, right, which is yeah. them yeah. teasing themselves. But as a writer, you know, you're not going to be taken seriously and you're going to feel the the crap if if you're going with the cliches. Don't do cliches like Jack says. I hate cliches. Let's be true to who they are. And in particular, I'll give you this too. There have been opportunities where I could have had him repeat certain things from a previous episode, but that was too easy. I don't want to do that. I, I, you know, if you're a serious writer, don't do easy. Be true. Be true and 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 be respectful, not just to the character, but to the audience, because I try to write it where, okay, you and I know MacGyver, you and I know Stargate. 
but uh, I, I write it for people who know them and will go, oh, more of this that I love. But I also write it for people to come in cold if they've never seen any show, like some people on Twitter, uh, you know, when they ask for, say, podcast recommendations. Great. I got you. And they'll write back and say, thanks, but I've never watched either show. And I go, you don't have to. I, I lay it out for you immediately. You're going to know. And then I also, you know, when you're writing it, you don't want to over explain stuff because that's the mystery of writing. You you, you want to give people enough, but assume that they're intelligent enough to follow along. So you don't have to keep repeating, oh, the Stargate works like this. And, you know, MacGyver does this kind of thing. They got it. You mention it once, yeah. move on. Yeah. Right? Well, that's. Well, in the first two episodes alone, you you introduce people because in the first episode, you introduce to MacGyver without having to know anything before that. You you put you lay it all out on the table. That's MacGyver there in the first episode. And then in the second episode, you introduce to the world of Stargate, done. And then they meet each other, and then you go from there. You you don't need, like you said, you don't need anything before then. You know, but if you want to, go out there, enjoy it. It's a bloody good ride. Right. Exactly. Well, and and again, the the whole reason why I did decided to do this series instead of just starting my own characters from scratch or whatever is because they are the perfect shows. Stargate for eight seasons was the perfect show. And, you know, MacGyver, of course, is legendary, too. And I perfect. Well, coincidentally, the people that worked on MacGyver, a lot of them came over to Stargate. So that explains the perfect, you know, blend of everything. And it shows. So, you know, part of doing the podcast, the MacGyver podcast and the Never Gets Old podcast is basically not about me. It's not about my attention. It's about sharing what you love with the world and going, listen, these shows have changed my life they are they are so influential and so enjoyable so i want you to enjoy it too but i mean you do that everybody does that you meet somebody new you go you know what i think you'd like and you tell them it's not so they come back and tell you how wonderful you are it's so that they feel the joy of listening to a song that uh, you know affected you the same way it's the same thing with television and movies like I want your, I want you to experience this joy and happiness that I feel, and so with the audio series, okay. If you, if you haven't been on board before, go go watch some. If you like this, well, man, are, you don't have to wait for my next episode. I have seventeen episodes so far. Yeah. So you know, and I'm not stopping. It's going to keep going. But in the meantime, if nobody's watched either show. I would expect them to run over and go, all right, I got to see what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, and the, you, you mentioned the the movie. The movie to me always felt like a pilot for a TV show. Right. I mean, it's a, yep. it's a fine adventure, but you go, OK, what's next? And originally, Dean Devlin and them, they were going to do a trilogy. And I read what they were about. I think they did them in book form. And Stargate SG-1 is so much better. Like you said, they they took that nugget and just added so much that you go, well, yeah, of course, this is where it should have gone. Why would you limit the Stargate to one planet when you can do everything with it? Right? But the heart of it essentially is the characters. 
which is what I try to bring with my series. You know, it, it's I, I want to give more. But now you have a new dynamic because you you know their world, you know his world. Well, what happens if they have to deal with each other? Where will it complement each other? Where will it conflict as far as, you know, their, where they feel morally on a subject? And how would, you know, how does Jack O'Neill deal with MacGyver's enemies? And how does MacGyver deal with knowing about the Stargate? Yep. You know, well, ha, how do you run? I'm never going to run out of ideas. But if anyone's after a starting point, just start at the beginning on both. Because, I mean, you know, Children of the Gods is a superb opening episode. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because I I always try and get new friends and old friends, if they haven't listened yet, to go watch Stargate. I said, you want a perfect show that'll that'll make you happy? Stargate. And I'll tell them, I'll warn them ahead of time. I'll say, the first season up until the end feels an awful lot like it's, you got to be patient with it because it's very Star Trekky. where, okay, we go through the gate, we deal with the problem, we go home. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. But I remember thinking, boy, they better shake this up because this is starting to become formula. And then by the end of the first season, the last three episodes, you go, oh, oh, okay. And then they change stuff and it builds on top of what was formed during the first season. You know, and and to quote uh, Richard Dean Anderson, we're not writing for cows. We expect to write for intelligent people who can keep up. And they do. They drop little nuggets through that series that come to pay off like two seasons later. I mean, that's brilliant. And at the time, as you're watching it, you're, you don't know that that's a nugget. Somebody says something in passing, you go, all right, okay. And then later on, oh, wow, they didn't forget. You know, so it's a little trick that I try to do with my writing too. I don't want it to be predictable. And I want to, as much as I want the audience to be comfortable with the characters, I want them to be as surprised by the end of each episode, pretty much, as they would be, you know, the characters. If if something surprising comes out of left field, well, I don't want the listener to go, yeah, I saw that coming. You know, like, that's the joy of, like, I want... I, I never want it to, I want it to be comfortable, but I don't ever want it to be predictable. It's, it's very much what I got from MacGyver and Stargate. You know, these characters so well. So you go, whatever these guys do during this episode, I'm not going to, you know, um, which you see a lot of today on social media. I'm not going to sit there and nitpick or, or give people a hard time or, oh, that wasn't my favorite episode. I didn't like the way that he, with those characters, you could just go, no, I trust you. I trust the writers. I trust the actors and they always would give more than you even expected. Well, then it's my duty to continue that. So we've gone into more than that than we were going to at this stage. So, you know, while we're on that, while we're on that I'll go down this tangent. Okay. <laughs> so another thing that is, you know, a lot of people that if, if you go, if if you pull away pull away all you know pull away the curtain and everything, there is something else about like you've mentioned in passing with the Stargate world and how it's created, and the people behind the SG One series. 
But I always thought, looking on it, it's interesting because you have got that for more than, you know, more than people would realise, there's a lot of familial stuff going on through the series as well, behind the scenes. So you've got people that related to each other, working on the shows and all this. And it's very much a family atmosphere that's making the show, which I think comes through in the way that the show comes across as well and how it's made and how it comes across on the screen now they've got that familiarity between them because you've got people who like you know because uh michael shanks he you know his daughter the wife of his daughter was in the series as well and then and then is it michael shanks's wife has been in it as well or eventual wife she's been in the series uh you've got the deluise uh family they've yeah. all been in the show uh, mm-hmm. You've got the husband and wife of um, Ben Browder and what's the name? Oh, what's the name from Farscape that he was in? Yes, they've been in the show as well. I mean, so you've got all these. It's almost like the show attracts people who are friends with each other already and family members, and it's got that sort of feel to it. Yeah, that's um, that's a thing that was essential even on MacGyver. Um, if they wanted to like who they worked with, there was no, no reason to hang on to a actor if they weren't a team player. Uh, and I've heard that from various people from Stargate too, who, you know, they don't have time. Uh, Rick would say, look, we're not curing cancer. We're just trying to provide entertainment. And, and, and life's too short was a big thing that he would say. LTS, when he'd be in a meeting and, you know, he wasn't crazy about something, Brad Wright would say, Rick would just lean in and say, LTS, meaning life's too short. Let's not deal with unpleasant people. If it's someone that they like, well, it's the same thing on, on MacGyver, too. They would bring back guest actors as different characters yep. because, one, it's Vancouver and they that's who they're pulling from. But they go, you know what? We like him. Get him back. Find a way to bring these people back. That's that's part of what makes it so darn successful, too. Besides being great actors, your job as an actor is to show up on time, know your lines, and be a good person to people. That's it. And somehow there's people in this world who are prima donnas and not good to their coworkers. And, you know, no matter how great an actor they are, you know that at the end of that sentence, somebody's going to go, yeah, but they're a jerk. So though both shows have been very nurturing towards the good and it it really does show in the final product. Absolutely. So going back to where we were going, then coming off this tangent for a while. So we've explained the show inspiration, the developing of the show. And so the the next one is the, the script in which you've sort of touched on and the long game. Have you got a, a sort of goal or or is this a continual that you're going to keep going and going and going and take keep telling stories oh that one because you know (laughs) the whole reason for doing this this show is because the the greedy side of me always wants more macgyver and always wants more stargate uh fortunately we're supposed to be getting new stargate announced like very very soon exactly However, 
I'm so nervous because they can ruin it like that. It's it has the potential if they're smart, they'll bring the team back together. And if they want to incorporate new people, fine. But also you need to have Jack back. You need to have Daniel back and all that. You, you have to show that the family is still together. You need to know I want I want Sam and Jack to be together. I want that established. I don't care if it's one line. I don't care if Richard Dean Anderson isn't asked back, which would be a giant flaw. But if Sam's there, she needs to mention that her and Jack are married. And I'm happy. Just give them their happy ending. Even if we unfortunately wouldn't see uh, Jack O'Neill, I need to know that he's around and he's happy and he's married to Carter because they teased us for years with that. And they need to actually give us that line. But, you know, I, I as a the greedy side of me, wants more of what I love. The practical side understands that, you know, shows have to end. And, 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 but you always want your heroes to continue. I want to know that Indiana Jones is still, you know, for the rest of his life, being Indiana Jones. I want yeah. to know that MacGyver is, is, well, MacGyver is always going to be MacGyver, but I need to know that he's still having adventures. Uh, same thing with Stargate. Well, that's why I do this series. So there's no end in my, I mean, I can't see me ending this. The whole, when I script it, you know, uh, <laughs> I have this thing, which I've noticed the last couple of years, I have to keep work going. I have to keep if I'm not working on an episode of the podcast, well, then I'm writing. Uh, if yeah. I'm not writing, I'm performing, you know, at doing a concert somewhere. If I'm not doing that, it, it bugs me. It, it I've gotten to the point where I have to make myself sit still on a weekend to just do nothing, which I guess if you're going to have a problem, that's not a bad problem to have because I'm, you know, I always have the irons in the fire like I, I already had two podcasts that's more than most what the heck possessed me to start an audio series well i want more of what i love so you know i could be at my day job and in my mind i went "Ooh, you know what if i ooh, i could do this and this in the next episode but that doesn't have to pay off completely then. This could put nuggets in for five episodes down the line. Like, I'll give you a little tip. I'm doing the, um, I'm writing a Christmas episode. Okay. Which MacGyver only had one. And it was a very personal, very, he he hadn't enjoyed Christmas in years because he was away and he wasn't home with his mother. Well, she dies the next day you know, she has a stroke and dies. So wow. he's carried that guilt with him for years. Well, at the end of the episode, there's resolution for him, but we never get to see him have a happy Christmas. Well, Stargate never did a Christmas episode. I mean, Grant, how would you really? But you could. I'm I have I trust the writers. You can, you know, at the at the in the very last episode, they do a montage where they show them on the ship. Jack's not in it, unfortunately, but they're wearing Christmas hats and, you know, that doesn't necessarily count. So I thought, let's have some fun. Let's do MacGyver and Jack having their first Christmas together 
at Jack's house with the SG team. Just okay. to have, you know, it's a little downtime. There's something that's going to happen. You get to, they get to know each other because again, they're, they're, they don't start off hugging each other. They're okay. So you're my brother. I don't quite know how to feel about you, you know? Yeah. And Jack is kind of like, oh, you don't carry a gun. What, what is your issue with, you know? And meanwhile, MacGyver is like, yeah, you're a little bit too much about the guns, you know? And so there's that tension. So through gradual episodes, you feel them come together more. Well, now I get to do a Christmas episode, but I'm already planning the next episode, which I can't wait to do. I'm not going to, I can't tell anybody about it because it's going to be a, a great surprise. And then I have arcs, arcs that are already in development that have been part of previous episodes that will pay off. But yeah, there's there's no ending in sight. I mean, I love writing, I love acting, and I love these characters. Why would I ever want to stop? You know, the only the only problem that, that might happen would be when they do bring Stargate back, if anything is going to conflict with, with what I've already established. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I try, yep. I try to keep it loose enough. As long as they have Jack and Sam together, I'm happy. That's that's basically it. Anything else, I think I can work around, because in my series, it, in current day, they are together. But it's great because in my, the earlier ones that fit in between the Stargate SG One episodes, there's there's romantic tension there. You know, and and the other members of the team know it. Like Daniel and, and Tilk might give each other a look, you know, like one of those. Yeah. Uh, but again, you got to be true. I can't write what I want. I got to write what is true to the characters. So if they're not together during uh, season four of the series, well, then they're not going to be together in my series if I'm doing an episode that's in there. You know? Yeah. Fingers crossed. I know, I know, you know, until it's on screen and until I see it, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be so nervous. Everybody in the Stargate communities. Yeah. We want more Stargate, but man, we want it done. Right. Apparently they're not going to do a reboot. Thank God. Cause that is a terrible idea, but they need to, they need to have our guys in there. You know, as they used to say back in the old days, paging Brad Wright. Well, that's the other thing, too. Brad Wright had everything set up to go. I mean, he was ready to, to go when when um, COVID struck. And then Amazon bought the franchise, which is, you know, okay. But now just go to Brad and go, here, do what you want, and we'll, we'll help you accomplish that. Brad had the movie ready, the, the, the next, you know, arc. Just let him do it. Just let him do it. He's the guy. He's the showrunner. If you want to make people happy, let the guy who made everybody happy continue to make them happy. So did did Amazon get the rights? I'm I'm, I'm going off again here. So Amazon, with with the rights to Stargate, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying to think now who the studio was that was behind behind Stargate. MGM. And MGM still owns it. 
Yep. Yeah, MGM still owns it, but they're working with Amazon. So Amazon yep. wants to do, you know, the woman that's in charge, Jennifer Sulky, I think is her name. Uh, I got all this information from Sidetrack. They're great. Jay over there is is he's got his ear to the to the ground and is hearing all the rumblings. Well, she wants a movie. She wants to show that they're not just a streaming service, but unfortunately, she's missing the point of Stargate. Stargate is not a two-hour and done thing. Stargate is a series where you can take your time and not cram everything into two hours because you're not gonna, you know. So the latest is they're gonna do a movie and a series. So great. Okay. Just do it right, please. If they if they follow Picard season three formula of get the team back together that's all yeah. we need give us our you know give us more of what we love and you can introduce a new generation of characters but you need them to be side by side with jack sam cart you know uh teal and daniel you need to do that that's just you know it's and, and it's easy to do that i was on uh their show to talk about how easy it is to get that right if they get a showrunner who's not in it for their ego, if they're if they know the franchise and they know the the series and they can put their ego aside, it's simple to do. I can write it in in my sleep. It's one of those. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So how do you record the show and then edit it? <laughs> well. Uh, here's the thing. I, the writing part is wonderful. The writing yep. part is exciting. The acting is exciting. Um, if, if I'm able to get other actors to come in and do voices, uh, like I said to you before we started recording, I've been fortunate enough to have actors from the original show come on to be their character. It's phenomenal because instead of me trying to do an impersonation, let the guy be the guy. Let you know, and so that's exciting. The hard work is once I'm recording, I'll record through my phone a lot of the times. Uh, to just get a silent room, get a good microphone, and just go. And I'll do three takes of every line. Like I'll 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 act out a section and then do it two more times in two different ways until I'm happy with it. But also it's kind of the rule for voice actors three times, three yeah. times, three different ways, because then you have something to play with. You know what I mean? You don't want to go, yeah, it was all right. But that second take sounded much more like the character. So, okay. I could do that. That'll take an hour maybe to, to record if I'm on fire and, going 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 and then the hardest part is the editing it's okay. coming it's coming down to this computer loading it up listening to my voice or whoever's voice say something three times and it assuming it all worked out because there are times where if you're if you're recording maybe a bird chirped outside or you know somebody sent you a text so your phone cut the sound out for a half second Oh, then you got to go down and redo it. But that's that's where the 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 hardship comes from, because by the time you're done with it, 
I've heard three different versions of every single line and then have to listen through to it through. And okay. And then once I'm happy with the pacing and it flows and sounds exactly like I wanted to, well, then you got to go back in and add the sound effects. Yep. Which sometimes I have to make on my own. Like, you know, there's sites where you can get certain sound effects, but not everybody thinks, well, you know, what, what does a guy falling into garbage can sound like, or, you know, a zat gun, what's that going to sound like? And if it's available for free, yeah, I'll use it. But other times you got to make it up and then you got to find music uh, that will fit the mood. And I'll sit here for hours to try and get the right cues for the right mood, even two seconds, and then have to move yeah. on to a different sound. Woo! I mean, that's that's where the the hours come in. People, you know, people <laughs> people would like me to crank an episode out every week. Well, so would I. But yes. I, you know, this is a labor of love and. I, I don't make a sense doing this, though people can contribute through Patreon, but I don't do it for money. I do it because yep. it's a labor of love. Well, with a labor of love, it takes time. And I, I have a day job. So you're doing all this around your everyday life. And I have kids and a family and I, you know, so that's that's what goes on for that with the recording and the editing. The editing is the monster. It's like it what uh, uh, musicians would say. I remember uh, the monkeys saying, uh, I think it was Peter Tork had said, we don't get paid to play. That's fun. That's for us. We love playing. We get paid yep. to tour, to be on that bus and you know go across the country or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So... You've already touched on sound effects and music, then. So um, this is going sound terrible because I bet, I bet it's that area where you do all your foley work as well. Then, or do you go actually outside and while you're out and about, you'll hear noises and think, "Oh, I might be able to use that sound," and you just record it. I've done that. I, I, there's an episode. <laughs> there's an episode that you're going to hear where it takes place in a Borders bookstore. Yep. Well, I went to a Borders because I thought, right. yeah, I, I can, I can probably replicate a crowded room kind of sound, but that sound of whatever music they're piping in at the moment, or if you're walking by someone who's already having a conversation, you know, you're not going to stop and follow them because that's not what anybody cares about. But so I knew it was coming, so I took my phone, I just hit record, and I walked around Borders. Quietly, I didn't say anything, but I'd listen to the sounds and pass people. And then I used it in the episode. I'm like, yeah, there, that's about as authentic as you can possibly get. You know, I'm always, I'm always thinking if, you know, about future, typically it's the episode I'm working on that I'll think of such things. But there, you're right. There are times where you're like, oh, I better get this now while I can, because this kind of sounds cool. And, oh, I could see MacGyver here dealing with whatever this situation is. Like I say, you're at a, a neighborhood baseball game. Well, you're outside. It's a nice day. You can hear kids in the background cracking the bat. There you go. Use it. 
So has, has that actually inspired you ever then when you've come come up with these where you found these sounds and you've recorded them off off off? Have you ever actually based some of your writing on like, do you know what? I could write a scene around that sound. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> because of MacGyver and Stargate being such a part of my DNA, um, I'm always the same thing like when I'd watch um other shows too, besides Stargate. Well, there's certain crossovers that I can do. Uh, yeah. because as I'm watching certain shows, you go, you know what? This could be in the same world. I'll do that. This could be in the same world. Um, meanwhile, there's other things that you can't do. Uh, like I can't have a Walking Dead crossover because that's a completely, it's not the same world. It all has to be part of the same universe. Well, as I'm watching CSI or I'm watching Dead Zone, uh, I'm like, now this fits, this works, this there's nothing conflicting. That's my thing. If I'm watching something, I'm like, would this conflict with Stargate? Would this, you know, would this conflict with something that happens in MacGyver? No. Well, I like these characters enough. And boy, I always think, and the same thing when I originally watched Stargate, I could picture MacGyver dealing with that. How would MacGyver answer this question? How would MacGyver deal with Jack's sarcasm? How would, you know, uh, uh, him deal with uh or jack o'neill deal with gil grissom on csi and you know so if i'm out and about well that's also on my mind like i'm out watching say the neighborhood kids play a baseball game or whatever well my mind will go you know what there was an episode where macgyver and you know your mind wanders and it connects to some episode that you you know by heart so then it thinks, all right, you know what? That was 20, 30 years ago. Huh. I, I can have him go back to this sort of situation coincidentally. Yeah, that's a good way to start the next episode, and I'll record it. So, yeah, it 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 does. Because these characters are always on my mind, uh, you will find opportunities to go, all right, this is fun. This this is this is something that I would have liked to have seen on either show that we never quite got. Okay, let's do it now. And of course, now you get excited because now you can start hearing their voices of what they would say in the situation. You want to make it you want to make it again realistic to the character, and they typically naturally are fun to listen to. But you'd really have to be pretty terrible to make it boring. So, you, you know, we've already we, we've spoken about this before we started, and this is why we started because I said I was looking forward to this bit. So, <laughs> the show future that's based on a, a call out that you made earlier on, but you know, pulling the curtain away uh, here a bit. You put you posted about it on your socials earlier on that you're looking for some people to be voice actors for the show. So, yeah. So where um, I'm going with this is, yeah. But from from the episodes that I've seen or I've listened to, I mean, it mm -hmm. starts as yourself doing the voices and the narration, and over time, as I'll find out, and I haven't gone into this to find out because I'm looking forward to finding out and being surprised. 
<laughs> you've got some other actors involved to voice some of the characters. Um, fingers crossed for Amanda Tapp because I think she's amazing. Wouldn't that be um, great? That would be great. It, wouldn't it really? She's incredible. Uh, but, you know, so you are expanding the show essentially from that original concept and or did you always want it to be various people being the voices from the yes. beginning and it's just grown and become or it's slowly becoming what you wanted it to be i yeah it's slowly becoming what it wanted to be for a couple of reasons one i knew i was going to write it i knew i was going to do jack and macgyver's voice because that's just where i'm at yep. um and I know that I knew I could do other voices and that's fine. But I also know my limits. I would not try to do a British accent in front of a British person, because even though I think it might sound just swell, it's embarrassing. And so, you know, you, you don't want to look like, oh boy, he was close, but he kind of did, you know, now it goes down on, on in history as, oh, here's the episode where he butchered, you know, whatever the word is. I don't want to do that. I have to. Here's I, where we did the Van Dyke. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, the Dick Van Dyke. Is that where you're going with that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. classic. Yeah. And he knows it, too, which is hilarious. Um, yeah. And again, I never want to do a caricature. And I feel if I were to do certain accents... Man, I I don't want it to be cliche, and I don't want it to sound like a, a caricature. I want it to be sincere. I want it to be honest. Um, and so, you know, it, I thought ideally what I would have loved would right from day one have all the actors, everybody that I could possibly use. Oh, I need someone to do this accent. Jimmy will do that one. Or I need someone to sound like Amanda Tapping. She'll do that one. Or, you know, but... One, I was starting from day one from scratch. How do you sell somebody on something that they can't hear first? Two, I can't pay anybody. This is all yeah. free. This is it has to be a labor of love. If I ever make money, if anybody contributes to the Patreon, I dump it right back into the series. I love giving people gifts. And if somebody, you know, gives a substantial amount, well, I'm sending them something because we're, I think of us as a team. We're in this together. Um, I I don't pocket the money. I want to use it to, like this camera that I'm using now, I bought with money that somebody donated. Well, it goes right back into what is needed. Um, so, you know, it's not about the money, but I didn't want to go and say, okay, before I get this started, I need to have everything in place. I need to have every actor I'm ever going to need. Good luck, because I don't know, yep. you know, some people call themselves actors or voice actors. They're not necessarily great. And you don't want to say that. And you also don't want to be stuck with them. And the other part of it was. I'm so impatient. I mean, the moment I have an idea, I want to start writing. Uh, the moment it's written, I got to get it recorded. And the moment it's recorded, I want it out. I, I don't want to sit on it. I don't want to. Like, for example, there's two episodes. It's a two-parter that I already have written. And I'm waiting to see if somebody from the series will do their character. Okay. Uh, if they do, fine. But I've had to sit on these two episodes for months. I wrote a filler episode to just to not keep people waiting. Um, 
but it's that impatience that I, I know I have going into it. So I thought, you know what, if you want it done, do it yourself. And now that I'm going, I thought I want to invite others who are talented. And I listen to other audio series and, you know, stuff that, boy, yeah, they're good at this. And if somebody is a fan of, say, Stargate, uh, and they can do certain accents or characters, let's hear it. Yeah, I, I'll I'll gladly use other people. I'll gladly do that because that's just a matter of me editing in the right line. But I knew going into it too that you're kind of, as I'm in right now, waiting for those two episodes, you're stuck if somebody drags their feet. Yep. And, and I did not ever want to be stuck going, all right, Jimmy, dude, I need your lines. And then they send them in. And I listen to them and okay, Jimmy, you got to do it again. And, you know, it's, it's, it's something I didn't want to deal with early on, but now that I'm 17 episodes in, I'll put it out there. I'll, I'll, you know, I put it on my YouTube page uh, on it's the forever adventure network YouTube page and it's there. So anybody who sees it now to the end of time can go, you know what? I do want to be part of that. And if it doesn't, if if it doesn't happen, well, I'll just keep on keeping on the way that I've been, the way that I've been going. But the more the merrier. I mean, why not have the diversity? You know, I, that's the other thing that I try to express for people is if you're following me and my work, whether it's MacGyver podcast, Never Gets Old podcast, my music, or the audio series. You're not just going to get that. I, every day, try to add something. New artwork, new fan work, um, new little nuggets of what's coming. I don't ever want to be stagnant, and I don't want to be uh, get to the point where the audience goes, all right, I got it. That's all, you know, I'll just wait for the next episode. Well, I want them to be part of that. I have discord which i didn't know about i started a discord i got facebook group pages for everything and it's to basically get us all together let's talk um and also give them more don't just don't just sit there and and listen let's here's you know here's a new picture that's exclusive to you know the youtube page or the um instagram like i've been blessed to have wonderful people wonderful artists do uh their own artwork and i myself have done the photo i don't know if you've seen it i'm you probably have where sometimes i'll draw it sometimes i'll do like the photo art where it puts macgyver and jack o'neill together that way you always have something new it sparks the imagination i know it it gets me excited whenever i would see things cross over you know, so I'm like, yeah, like, why not keep going? Give people more. Well, I like that interactivity that you've got going there through your socials with that, because like you said, that's keeping people engaged and keeping them excited for what's to come as well, essentially, rather than them having to wait for the next episode. It's it's almost like some little, little 
almost like treats for them in between and little bits to keep, like I said, to keep them going. Exactly. Because, you know, <laughs> people are fickle and they will they will forget if you don't have something new. People like, you know, as I said, I don't make a dime off this, but if people go to the, say, I don't know, the YouTube page and they subscribe, well, I'm a happy camper. It's free. You liked a video. You watched a video. Uh, you, you hit subscribe. That's that's showing me that you're part of this and you care and that you like all the effort I'm doing. You know, one of the most frustrating things as far as um, a challenge is besides writing and make sure making sure I don't step on continuity, which isn't yep. hard to do. I just pay attention. Yep. One of the hardest things is trying to get people to to notice. That's the hardest thing. Like I I go. What I've done is I've started putting the episodes now. You can listen to any of these episodes, all seventeen so far, on any podcast app. But that's audio. Well, what I started to do was I have two episodes. The first two episodes are now also on my YouTube page. So what I do is I have to add original photos. So as you're watching it, you have something to look at. And hopefully it sparks, you know, it goes, oh, this is good. Oh, this is more of that, you know, and it, and it gives you, it pays off. But it's frustrating to know that, like, I don't know, I have... 350 maybe uh subscribers so far and i've been doing this for 10 years or more not the audio series but like the podcasts i have 170 some videos on there and well i just want people to notice i want i want people to appreciate all the work that i'm putting out meanwhile some lady opens an empty box on youtube and she has 2000 subscribers you know and a million views and i'm like what what am i missing that i'm what am i doing wrong am i am i not doing something stupid am i not falling down the steps in a video what what is it because i think i'm putting out quality entertainment for people i just i i so want uh, to quote harry chapin i so want to matter i so very much want to matter to this world and contribute good stuff but the hardest part is getting people to look at it. But you, you know, that's that's the problem for a lot of people that you know do content like I do content, you do content, where for the most part, I mean, I've said this about you know the difference between independent podcasts and produced um, podcasts. Right. Okay, and I've said before the difference is. That these big production prop podcast, they're excuse me. Sure. They're almost like um they're almost background in essence. It's like these videos that you're on about. They're just there. People these videos stupid videos, whatever, this, that, and the other. And it's there. But people these niche audiences that we get, I think they pay more attention to what we do and it and it makes their minds work more. Because that's that's mindless stuff, essentially. What yeah. we're working on, I'd like to think, is stuff that's more for the mind. 
I oh. think personally, and opens people's minds more than a stupid video of a cat climbing up a wall or doing one of these stupid flipping, you know, yeah, whatever they do, assault course things or whatever that they, you know what I mean. It's it's yeah, the yeah. difference between mindless fun and entertainment that makes your mind work or is more gives you more to think about. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But you know, you're, you're with me on this. Like I, I try to, man, I, I started off doing the podcast originally on YouTube because uh, (laughs) all the apps were hard to figure out. And I thought, well, I just want, again, the impatience in me, let's just get it out. Let's just do it. And then people were like, well, wait a minute, I don't have YouTube. Could you, you know, maybe put it on the app. So we eventually now have both. Okay, good. So I'm trying to make sure it's everywhere. You know, uh, I do clips for Instagram and Twitter and and I always try to be engaging. But, you know, you work so hard. And then, like you said, a cat is climbing a curtain and that got five million views. You're like, ah, over here, over here. (laughs) You know, if you like that, you're really going to love what we do. But again, it's it's not about money. It's about just wanting to put good into the world. I just I want to matter and I want to know that when I'm gone, something it was left behind that helped the world a little better. Hopefully it made the world a little better, put a smile on people's faces. And I'll tell you this, the followers that I have, the people who do contribute to the Oh, Twitter and the and the Facebook and everything else. God bless them. I love them. Uh, they're wonderful and supportive, and I cherish them and make sure I know that too, or make sure that they know that. Uh, and just you know, I'm it. What I'm sure you're in the same boat. Part of your day is always just putting yourself out there and reminding people that you're there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and yes. I. I there, it's very easy to be negative on social media, whether it's complaining about a movie you just saw or, you know, politics or whatever. Everybody does that. I don't want to do that. I want to push the good, you know, uh, it yeah. just let's make the world a little better, not to be preachy. And I don't ever want to stand on a soapbox and any of that, but sincerely just make sure that what I put into the world on the internet is good is happy you can choose to ignore it if you wish but it's rewarding i hope for those who decide to check it out that's kind of my goal that's my internal you know what what do you well how are you going to handle yourself it, it well, keeps my, yeah yeah i mean my goal with this is to hopefully introduce people to something that they didn't know existed before that they need to listen to or to take notice of that will become a part of their everyday lives essentially you know yeah. these podcasts and these these creators these things that people create that's the whole idea of doing this show is to introduce people to the creators and these people go do you know what i've been looking for this now i know where to find it yeah and, and it it shows that's why i connected with you however long ago on you know, again, I have various Twitter pages for each podcast and show. 
but I link to good people. And you are always one of those that you could tell, oh, you're trying to you're trying to bring people together. And that's a wonderful thing. So I'll definitely support this guy. And, and then I'd see you'd be like, here's here's what I watched on Monday night. And, I'm, and I search. I'm like, none of my shows. OK. Uh, shows. And I wait and I'd be like, OK, <laughs> he still doesn't have my show in there. And I'm thinking, boy, once once he yeah, once he starts seeing the or listening to these, I think he's going to love this. And I didn't even know if you mm, were a yep. Stargate fan. I didn't know that at the time. But I thought, no, you seem to have good taste and stuff. So I think he'll like what I'm what I'm doing. Not not quite the same, but I do have the Star Trek uh, picture up there with the ships of Star Trek. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got the the MacGyver poster. I know. The MacGyver, yes. It's the MacGyver SG one poster yeah. that I I created actually. And that's great. I love that. You like that. And then I right do. here is a friend of mine who worked on the original series sent me his car pass. Wow, that's brilliant. The, the original series, right? So I just try to like have something in the background of, you know, something so if people are watching me that they can they can have something else to look at. So when I'm doing is that. that is that a general Stargate poster or is that Ark of Truth? Right here? Yep. Uh that is from the first season. If you watch the first couple episodes, uh, they're wearing their flight jackets. The the uniform jackets are different material. It looks like a, the typical flight jacket, nylon material. Well, that's when they took those pictures, uh, that poster. And, of course, you know, my computer room is filled with my things I love and inspirational whatevers. And so when I saw that, I'm like, okay. Rick is right up front. Let's get that. And there was no MacGyver poster. So doing doing the thing where I'm going to make my own art, I'm going to put it on the store. I have a Redbubble store. I have a Tee Public store. Well, I made a poster because I thought, what would a theatrical poster look like of this series? And yeah. so I I made that. And, you know, it's the two of them, but it also shows them together. And it's very doing what I hope a movie poster would do if you were trying to sell the concept of what it is. And so I put it on the store and I thought, what am I waiting for? I want my own poster. So I printed it out and now it's behind me, you know, but yeah, I, I, I it's addicting. There, there are days where I'm like, Nope, got to go to the computer and start doing some artwork or draw something on the, on the iPad. I got a, a procreate it's called. And it's yeah. like a professional, you know, the art, thing so i'm still trying to figure out how to use it and get different textures but bef before i made certain connections i would i decided i'm going to draw my own cover pictures for each episode okay that, you know if if yep. you're on socials you're going to say hey episode seven just came out and here's the cover and it should kind of intrigue you and go "Ooh, what's that about well I have made a good connection with someone who is willing to, here's a little tease for you. Uh, not only is he doing promotional art, which I'm sure you've seen. Uh, so it kind of takes the burden off me. He's doing cover art for every episode going forward. Yep. And get this, we're planning, and I may have to reload the first two episodes 
he wants to do original artwork for every 30 seconds as you listen on YouTube. Wow. Think of that. So as you're watching it, you're getting basically a motion comic as you're yeah. listening to that. And I'm like, hey, if you're into it, if you want to do it, by all means, I welcome it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank God you're willing to do this. And he doesn't necessarily want the accolades. He goes, hey, the people don't need to know who I am. I'm like, all right. But I still need to credit you somehow. I need to let people know this is not me. This is the wonderful fan who is contributing to the series. And so yep. hopefully, fingers crossed, very soon, you'll start seeing them on YouTube. That way, if you do listen on any of your podcast apps, that's fine. But those who want to visualize it, well, you're going to get your you can get your opportunity. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That is really but, good. But the trick is, the trick is, I have to make it look, I mean, it has to look enough like Rick, or it has to look enough like whoever the characters are. Like, uh, my wife has done the voice of MacGyver's wife. Yep. Um, and I had him model her for future episodes after my wife. So if you go on to okay. say, if you go on to Facebook, uh, I don't know if I put it on Instagram, but if you go on the MacGyver SG1 audio series Facebook page, you will see what MacGyver's wife looks like. And when you catch up to those episodes, uh, you'll start seeing that too. And it works. I'm like, all right. Actually, MacGyver is the origin of how he met his wife is basically the origin of how I met my wife at a borders. Yep. So it kind of wrote itself. There we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, right. Borders. <laughs> Back to borders yeah. again. Exactly. <laughs> it all comes round. <laughs> That's right. So you created the show logo as well, then with the uh, the there you go. That's my yeah, I liked your drawing when you said it to me. <laughs> Um, yes, I did. And again, you're constantly looking to be creative and constantly looking to, 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 to make sure people know what you're doing. So I figured, all right, you got the Stargate. Well, in the MacGyver credits, they do an explosion where his name comes out of the explosion. Yep. So I have a Stargate with the MacGyver explosion coming out of it. So that way it combines both worlds. Well, I mean, you know, you've taken the two things that are most, you know, that are perfect from it. I mean, I, I've always thought that the actual Stargate itself was one of the most incredible designs for, for something, you know, even from the beginning, from we're going back to the film again, even from that, the actual concept of the Stargate mm. and how it's designed is great. Is great. It's it's fantastic. It really so is. Much, so much so that anybody who does anything like it afterwards, you're not improving on the Stargate. You're, you could tell like, oh, you're mm. ripping off Stargate when you do that circle thing and it's halfway into the ground. Yeah, that's clearly you're doing Stargate. Yep. I'm a Star Trek fan, but um, they had something that looked very much like a Stargate that was like circular that you go through. And yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It just you go, all right, as long as they're aware of it, you know, you're not you're not ratting on them, but they as long as they give credit where credit's due. Absolutely. 
They did the same thing on, on Supergirl. Uh, when we were watching Supergirl, they did a thing where I'm like, oh, come on. You better give credit to Stargate because that's clearly what you're doing. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so the Stargate universe, I mean, I mean, we've sort of touched on this ish in a way. That's that's sort of where I was coming from with when I said what, you know, what Devlin and Emmerich had originally their concept and me saying that they hadn't realized in the sense what they'd created and it took, you know, Brad and the other people to get it to where it ended up being. And that's how, in a sense, you know, watching that original film, cause I saw it when it came out of the cinema, that film, I don't think even I could see the enormous franchise that could come from it. And boy was the franchise quite something with all the different places that it went to. Well, and that's the thing too. I mean, the, the premise is fine. That's kind of, you know, yeah. you whole yeah, duh. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you have it go to different planets? But it comes down to really the, the, the writers um, being smart. And, and like I was talking to uh, Paul Malozzi on one of the MacGyver episodes, podcast episodes. And yep. you could tell during season four where they were, going, okay, we're well established. Let's have some fun. And I said, I bet you your premise of the upgrades episode was what if SG-1 had superpowers? He's like, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And you start to have fun with it. What if Jack is stuck in a time loop? Well, there's your Groundhog Day type episode. But yet they didn't, it wasn't a ripoff. It was like a spark of what if. They used to do the same stuff on MacGyver. MacGyver would do stuff ripped from the headlines. You know, when baby Jessica fell down the well, well, there was an episode that they did where they kind of put MacGyver in the situation where he had to rescue somebody who fell down a well, that type of thing. So as long yeah. as you're smart with the writing, where you, it's not lazy um, and they didn't just go, yeah, all right, just throw MacGyver in that exact same spot and just follow it through to the end. No, you got to. All right. You got the nugget of what you want to do, but now let's change it up. and then. The other major thing that makes Stargate great, besides, you know, I mean, like I said, the gim the the idea of the Stargate itself and the universe, that's cool. That's great. Yep. But what makes it phenomenal and everlasting and so needed and wanted today is that perfect blend of a cast, which is why when Rick wasn't there during the last two seasons, you felt it. And I knew I was going to feel it. And then you know, they they try and shoehorn two characters in who Stargate SG-1, they were a family, right? I mean, yeah. they, the four of them were a family. Well, Jack is the family. He's the dad. Yeah. Well, when he's not there and they bring in these two other people, well, they're co-workers. They treated that, you know, they were like, oh, you're our new co-workers. Uh, Mitchell would refer to Daniel as Jackson. You call him Jackson all the time. Very informal. Vala yep. was just a freaking fruit loop that what you know wasn't needed. But you could tell that the original three that were left, they were still tight. And they kind of were like, no, we're going to be good to our new co-workers. But they never, ever felt like family. Yeah. But, you know, going back to what you were saying about the first season of the series, that's where 
essentially so you're you're going from there was a similar thing between those two characters daniel and jack at the beginning in essence where they were sort of getting used to each other and during that first season that's how they built and and went from the business of you know colonel or whatever you know and jackson or whatever and this that and the other and they gradually towards the end of the season it became right. the first first name basis and that that friendship between the two and the the report built in that first season and in a sense you exactly. needed that to be, be able to then go forward in the in the future after that to have that rapport between those two and have that core there to build from yeah when i'm when i'm trying to sell people on it i'll tell them be patient as you're watching yep. they're great episodes but be patient because you're right during the first season they're kind of co-workers daniel and jack know each other but they don't know quite about Tilk. What's the deal with him? And Carter has to kind of find her footing. And then, but by the end of the first season, when they're on Anubis, uh, um, the ship, uh, Apophis's ship. Yep. Well, by the second season, they've gone through major, major stuff. And now they're family from the second yep. season on, they are family and they never announce it. You could feel it as the audience. You go, Okay, I'm comfortable now. Whereas in the first season, you're not as comfortable as you become. Yep. You know what I mean? Now, now by the second season, you go, all right, I know how these guys would react and interact with each other. And you know, it 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 really is magic that you can't replicate. As yep. a matter of fact, I'll Absolutely. give you a little bit of a uh, little nugget. Uh Rick had said to me that he and uh amanda tapping would do little little things and he does anyway just as a great actor but little things that aren't scripted that aren't supposed to be focused on like at one point she's you know comatose in the bed and he's worried about her well it's not even focused on but his hand kind of naturally starts to reach for her very very subtly and then he has to kind of pull himself back. They don't focus on it. It wasn't written. But those little nuances, and it goes back to MacGyver, uh, those little nuances that he would do that are a natural part of him that he threw into those characters is that magic pixie dust that you can't just yeah. get anywhere, you know. But, yeah, they, they knew about the but that's why you've got longevity in his shows is because all the shows that he's he's in is because there's something about the way that he acts as these characters and the bits that he puts in there that like you said it gives them that sense of humanity outside of it just being a show it makes it a bit more than just a show and yeah. Yeah. it's that that brings these shows such length and such breadth as well well one of the reasons why only richard Dean anderson could ever be macgyver is because if you think about it macgyver is not macgyver when it's done wrong as we saw with the god awful reboot it, the smartest person in the room isn't necessarily the most likable it's very easy to make that person arrogant it's very easy to make them smug it's very easy to make him Mr. Perfect. 
And what they would yep. do with what, what he did was he goes, no, he may be able to create anything from anything, but he doesn't think of himself as above anybody. MacGyver yep. has always made sure that no, no, I'm just, I'm part of the group. And if I need to step forward to do my part, I'll do it. But then he'll step back again. You know, he, that's magic. He He's not the best martial artist fighter. He's not doing backflips. He doesn't speak multiple languages. He knows a little, you know, he's, he's humble. I always say the MacGyverisms got you in the door, but it was Richard Dean Anderson who kept you on the couch because he's so likable and you root for him because yes, wow, he's MacGyver. We think he's amazing. He's an icon. MacGyver doesn't think he's an icon. MacGyver just thinks he's a guy and he expects you and I to know as much as he does. And that's, you, you can't replicate that. Absolutely. I've touched on the Richard Dean Anderson thing. Mm-hmm. Are, there, are there any are there any other shows or films or performances of his that you think that people should check out? Of his? Everything. Yep. Anytime he's on the screen, whether he's a guest star on something or he had a show between MacGyver and Stargate uh, called Legend. Yep. And he plays a dime novelist in the West. That was an excellent show. And Unfortunately, it was on a network that nobody got. I didn't get that channel. Nobody got that channel. So they even said, I have the, the news um, newspaper article that said, it's a shame this show won't last because it is excellent. But, you know, uh, only one fifth of the country gets the station. So it's going to get yanked. And sure enough, it got one season, you know, but again, look on the bright side. If that had kept going, we wouldn't have had him as Jack O'Neill. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. So what advice would you give to people starting their own podcast? Okay, well, <laughs> you and I can can go on forever about the people that aren't doing it right. Um cuz you know everybody can everybody can and most people apparently now do have a podcast. I would say stay humble. Uh remember it's not about you. You know, uh, just try and put out good into the world. Know your limits. Know when to shut up. Like uh, we can, you and I, again, could spend hours going down a list of podcasts where it's two guys who think they are the funniest guys in the world. And aren't we great? And I'm going to make a fart noise now. You know, like that's what are you doing? You're wasting our time. You don't need to be sitting there giggling or cursing up a storm because you guys think you're cool. Think about your audience. That's what it is. Always think about your audience. Even if you want to talk about something, it doesn't mean the world wants to hear it. Maybe you have a thought on your brain. Is it necessary right now? No. You know, try try and put out good and stay humble and always think about your audience. That's, yeah. But at the same time, enjoy it at the same time, because oh, otherwise yeah, well, it could be irritating. Yeah, yeah exactly. You have, yeah, always do something you enjoy. Like you said earlier, you know, we've all got jobs to do outside of this, and so it's got it, – it is a labor of love, essentially. Right. You need the love. If you're doing it and it's just labor, don't do it, because it'll come through in your work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can tell when people are, you know, are just doing it for the sake of doing it. Exactly. Well, there's pod, there's podcasts I listen to where the host hated this week's episode or next week's episode of 
a show that they're talking about. Well, okay, you're bringing me down. I'm listening to your podcast because I want to enjoy rolling around in the joy of this show. Don't sit around and crap all over it. Like it's not even constructive criticism. It's just negativity. And then they tended to, to realize that and they stepped away. Absolutely. So what podcast do you like to listen to yourself, Mac? Well, you know, <laughs> we we live in a very lucky time where we have shows that we only dreamed about as children. You know, do you ever think we were going to get superhero movies like we have or superhero shows or Star Wars shows? I mean, wow, we are lucky beyond belief. Well, the yep. same goes for podcasts. Um, so I have the luxury of going, you know what, today I kind of want to laugh or today I kind of want to listen to a story, but have it be 20 minutes long. Or today I want to hear about my TV show that I just watched last night. Yep. So I love the Dana Gould hour. It's never an hour, yep. but that's a brilliant show because he's sincere He's got two guests on, and in between, he does a segment where he'll tell you tales from Oddsville or Weirdsville, he calls it, but it's little-known stories of, you know, this guy that he's talked about for five minutes, well, he was the father of the Beach Boys, and, you know, things like that, and it's stuff you don't think you care about, he makes you care about, and I love it. Um, There's The Truth, that I think just went on hiatus, that's a great 20-minute um twilight zone type show where you're getting a little skit uh, i try i listen to that would get inspiration to do my show um there's other men need help where the host basically shares his insecurities and stories of his life meanwhile he ties it into something that's going on right now and let's see there's crime shows everybody listens to the crime shows but it depends. There's one called Someone Knows Something. That's a guy in Canada. And he investigates like dead cases that, hmm, I wonder if I can find out a little more. Uh, Serial. Everybody knows about Serial. That first yep. season was phenomenal. Criminal is a great one. Uh, that's also on YouTube, too. Um, boy, let me think. I mean, it goes on and on. I. <laughs> I actually scrolled through my my phone to go, all right, that's a good because I I recommend stuff, obviously, to people at work because they're sitting there going, I can't listen to this piped in music anymore. I go, well, do I have a treat for you? And so I'd write down. <laughs> a list. And, you know, so there's there's a lot of stuff. I it, it, it all really depends on your mood. If anybody ever does want my two cents, look me up on Twitter and Facebook and I, I can write a list for people but off the top of my head those are some great ones there's one that was out called alone a love story and it's limited but it's a true story of this woman who finds out her husband was cheating on her it's, it's very personal and it's very sincere and oh um this american life is a great one too yep that's an hour long and you get like three quick stories So anyway, where can people find you and get hold of you, Mac? Everywhere. Uh, Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, like I said, there, there's a if you type in any of the titles that I've mentioned, you're gonna find me. If you just type in Mac uh, M A C Jackson, 
that's going to you're going to find my YouTube page, which is also the Forever Adventure Network. Uh, one of the things since I have all these shows, I put them under an umbrella called the Forever Adventure Network. F-A-N meaning, you know, fan. So Forever Adventure mm-hmm. Network. Yep. And if you go to that uh, on YouTube, if you go to that on the website, uh, that'll the website will lead you to everything, really. Um, again, we got my original music. We have the two podcasts. We have the audio series. We have stores. Uh, yep. There's stores of original work in there. If you love not only MacGyver and Stargate, but anything in pop culture, you're going to find something. Um, let me see. There's, you name it. There's Instagram. There's Twitter. Uh, every every show has its own page. Um, I, I do a blog that I do through our Patreon because I can't just go, here's Patreon, and not give people something. So yep. I'll do an occasional blog and hopefully it's interesting and makes people want to, again, come back for more. I, I I always want people wanting more, but I also don't want them to have to wait long. So if you go to the Never Gets Old, or sorry, the Forever Adventure Network, type that into Google. It's going to give you the YouTube page. Please subscribe. Please listen. Please yep. Um, and again, the main forever adventure network will take you to the hub of everything. You're, you're basically, if you're a fan or you're interested, you're in for a treat. I'm never going to stop trying to add to it. The more, the merrier. That's your very own Stargate for people to go to wherever they want to find. Exactly. You really can't go wrong. If you're interested, just type it in Google. You'll be fine. Okay. Anyway, you can find Pods Like Us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, and Threads, and contact us through podslikeus at gmail.com. Anyway, thanks for speaking with me today, Mac. My pleasure. Hey, anytime you want to shoot the bull or talk about anything, I'm here for you, buddy. I'm still trying to organize this chat about the history of sci-fi on television. Oh, good times. That'll be great. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Hi, this is Mar from Pods Like Us. I'd just like to apologise to everybody for the really bad sound quality on my microphone for this episode that you're going to listen to now, hopefully. It's a great chat with Mac, but it's let down by my really bad distorted audio from a microphone that was giving me some trouble, but I didn't know that until after listening to the episode afterwards. I have started to re-record the dialogue, but I only got so far through and because of running out of time to put the episode out um, I've not been able to finish it all off so I'm putting it out as is and will put out a version or replace it with a clean feed version where I've just basically overdubbed myself 
please enjoy the episode and I do apologise for this. Take care.